This is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead. And you're listening to Entertainment Talks, The Walking Dead UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, this is for season eleven, episode eight, Four Blood. It's sort of the mid-season finale. A lot of people are calling this the eleven A finale, but you can. I mean, I guess it's not actually the mid-season finale because we've still got more than half of the season left. So. Call it whatever you like. Technically, yeah, we haven't technically got a mid-season finale because mid-season because it's split into three parts. So I don't, yeah, I don't know what you call this, but yes, the the yeah. the the end of the first bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, eleven oh eight. It's called For Blood. Uh, what do you think of the episode? I enjoyed this episode quite a lot. I mean, uh, it looks like they've rounded off pretty much most of that story. Uh, which we kind of thought they would do with Pope and his gang. So uh, that seems to have come reasonably to a conclusion. Uh, I mean, apart from, obviously, I mean, where it actually ends, which is a little bit of a cliffhanger, but not, I mean, yeah, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But, um, you know, they they at least have rounded that off to a certain extent. It looks like they are, I mean, there'll be things to mop up at this start of the next episode but it, it looks like that's coming to a conclusion which is what we thought would probably happen with the reapers so that's quite good um back at, back at kind of alexandria we didn't get any um stuff from the commonwealth this week did we no i no. remember no which is kind of interesting that they decided to not go back to that but I mean, I I guess this was always going to be the big wrap-up kind of thing for the end of this episode. Um, and, you know, you got an interesting kind of big zombie piece and uh, you saw them actually attacking. You got some interesting deaths in there. And, and I think that's always the thing with this. I mean, you, there are certain characters that you know are going to be safe because of their plot armor, but there are also enough characters kicking around in that environment that there was potentially some jeopardy that you could lose could have lost somebody big um so you know i think i think that worked reasonably well and uh yeah overall a reasonably solid end to this first bit of the show i thought yeah it was a it was, it was a good episode i thought um some strange choices particularly with the uh actual end of the episode because i saw that part and i was like oh there's probably like another 10 minutes left because i i usually check how long episodes are that i watch just so mm-hmm. that i know how long i'm going to be watching it for and if i've got time to uh and i didn't actually check it on this occasion um and then it was like 40 minutes i was like oh that's a bit weird for like a 
well mid-season-ish uh, finale thing. Uh, so that was something that surprised me. I thought the actual content of the episode was pretty good. I'm very, very glad that... Uh, I, I think everybody's kind of been in a, in agreement this week with... Uh, it's glad that at least part of the Reaper storyline is finished with Pope's death. Uh, I actually quite like the way that he went out, sort of. Uh, I thought it was perhaps a little bit rushed, but the actual mechanic of it um which i'll i'll get into a bit more when when we get to that scene uh, i thought that was played out pretty well though um again you know my issues with daryl kind of come up in terms of uh how that storyline's kind of gone and his emotions as a character towards it i felt like those same problems have just kind of kept continuing um i thought the alexandra stuff was really quite good uh, especially mm-hmm. the rosita scene and the scene with virgil and judith and then judith and gracie and aaron's involvement i thought that was all really good um is that the first time we've seen lydia this season because i think it might be mm, no she was there at uh when they went to hilltop I oh think. yeah the integration thing yeah with yeah aaron. she yeah so she was around then yeah because she was yeah so she was around then Huh. But yeah, we haven't seen a huge amount of it. But then we haven't seen a huge amount of the Alexandrians at all this season. I mean, they've be- popped up in like you know two episodes or something. So yeah, but good to see more of her again. Um, and uh, oh, Virgil's okay by the way. So mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> so just so that we know that. Um, it's Walking Dead's a very funny show when it comes to injuries. Just like I mean, because we still have no idea if Alden's alive. And like, like, we might go back there. He might be fine. He might yes. be gone. He might be turned. Um, and like Virgil stabbed three times really violently, and he's a bit. He's still kind of injured, but um, like he's fine. I I, I guess. And it's <laughs> I don't know. It's it. It's not. I don't even really look at it as bad. Maybe it's a point that I'm just used to the way it's handled in the show. Because it's not something mm-hmm. I even would look at and go, that's bad. It's kind of just funny, in a way. Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, this this character's fine. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's interesting the way it's handled. Because they've done it, They they maybe it's the case that they've been doing that for so long. Uh, I mean, I think all the way back to that season six episode, where Rick got his hand injured, and like the next scene, I think, like his hand was totally fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's things like that. Um... But yeah, I mean, there's other things. Obviously, if somebody gets really like grievously injured, they probably do die. But then Virgil was grievously injured, so it's like okay, whatever. But yeah. again, I'm almost kind of like used to it on on this show. So, but that was uh that that was that was fine. But I thought yeah, that was that played out fairly well. I'm just quite surprised. My my reaction to the cliffhanger was more just sort of oh okay, you're stopping there. Um, and then, yeah. and then I instantly thought like, oh yeah, we have no episodes until that. That's the last one. Not that I forgot I was watching the last one, but it just, it's just that moment that occurs to you of like, oh the episode's ended. Oh yeah, mm. no more episodes till February. It kind of like sinks in for a for, for a minute or so. Yeah. Um, like the last the last we see of the main show for this year. Uh, obviously, we have got the other two uh, as well. So. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was surprisingly... Now, I don't know if I would say that I would want the episode to be longer because I've always maintained the opinion that I think episodes should be as short as possible and as well-paced as possible. Not rushed, just like 
quicken up the pace a little bit, but take moments to breathe so that you can like actually have things settle down a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could have been a case where they could have used the pacing better, but then they wanted this episode to end at that point. So that that's what they chose anyway, and they chose to use 40 minutes to get there. So yeah. anyway, uh, all right, that's pretty much our pre-talk for... Uh, all of that uh, we'll get into some uh, housekeeping and stuff and then we'll get into the recap see you in a minute do you uh, do you want to mention anything about tales oh yes yeah before we get into that actually yeah we want to talk about um what's it called again i took a screenshot of it yesterday Ta- tales of the walking dead yeah which we is a show we'd heard a bit about before uh it's coming in 2022 isn't it um yeah and I can't remember her name, but she's called Christian something, and she's she works a lot with like yeah, The Walking uh, Dead and and that kind of stuff. Channing Powell is her name. So no, no, I was talking, off. no, no, no. To the person that I saw reporting on it yesterday. Oh, okay. She, she's somebody right. on Twitter that I follow, and uh, she mentioned it's going to be six episodes uh, for yeah. the first season. So yeah, they, they could do quite a lot of interesting things with this. I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it. They sort of backdoor piloted this with the Negan episode, actually. Hmm. I think. Yeah. Um. And with I the mean, bo- with that, the bonus ones, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with the bonus episodes, was kind of a backdoor pilot. I mean, not exactly, but sort of a backdoor pilot of what this potentially could be. Although I think with this show, it will give them a lot more freedom to be completely disconnected from the main show. Um. And they are saying they're going to use new and established characters uh, and they are going to be standalone episodes. So it's it's basically American Horror Stories, but with The Walking Dead, Mm. pretty much. Uh, So it's going to take some... I mean, what's quite nice about it is, I mean, I've seen a number of sites uh, trying to push this by sticking up pictures of Glenn and things in it. And there is no announcement of who Uh, is going to be in this. You know, uh, there's, there's... you know that that pete's sites are gonna do things like that because i i thought oh that's interesting and then yeah you actually read the press release they make no mention of who he's coming into the show but yes i mean potentially you could go back in time and do an episode that had glenn in it uh you could do uh you could bring other dead characters back as well you know you could go and fill in slots same way that they did with the negan episode i mean i think what you're looking at is something which is is more like those standalone episodes like the Negan thing of uh, you know and those bottle episodes which you know if they are the bottle episodes out of the main series that's possibly not a bad thing <laughs> um, but yeah uh, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this I think it could be quite interesting it's coming from uh, Channing Powell who has been a writer and a producer on The Walking Dead and Fear The Walking Dead she's going to serve I'm assuming it's a she, Channing. Uh, could be a he. I don't know. Uh, they are serving as um, the showrunner on Tales anyway. Working closely with Scott Gimbel, of course, who is uh, head honcho of the Walking Dead universe. And it's going to be six episodes. It's going to premiere on AMC Plus and AMC next summer in the US. Uh, who knows where it'll land over here, whether AMC keep it for their own channel or whether they sell it on to somebody else because, you know, ka But... Um, we don't know mm. where it'll. Yeah, because they're all in different places in the UK. Um, the one thing, the one episode I was kind of thinking of, and you could definitely do this because it could be just an Elseworlds thing. What would stop the show from bringing Chandler Riggs back and putting him with Kaylee Fleming on screen mm-hmm. 
just just as an Elseworlds, like this happened in a different. Like you don't even need to explain why it's happening. Just you could have an episode that's Carl and a grown-up Judith. They're on a supply run. They're on their own, uh, and you could just do, you could just do whatever you want with with that. Yeah, I mean, I, that would be an interesting one. I think if you frame it as um either some form of i don't know rick dream sequence or or uh you, you know i i think it's difficult to just dump it out straight as a sort of elsewhere thing because i think that might confuse people but um well, you could do it because people don't read properly <laughs> uh, well yes that is true but uh i mean you could frame it in sort of i don't know somebody gets hit over the head and this is that you know maybe judith has an accident gets it over the head and this is sort of what she imagines carl coming to help her or something i mean mm. you could do it that way maybe mm. um that I that could, would be a way i could almost imagine a comment section for a trailer of like oh i thought carl was dead <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but anyway um that's that's something you could do and they could talk about their dad they could talk about michonne they could talk about laurie <clears throat> um all all sorts of things that they could they could do um, and if you did it as an Elseworlds thing, they could either both live or both die at the end. It wouldn't make any difference. Well, that's true. If it's yeah. an Elseworlds thing. So, and you don't yeah. even, I uh, talked about, you know, if they talked about Rick and Michonne, you don't even need to bring those, uh, actors back because they could just, j- just chat about them on the road kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's all sorts of things you could potentially do with this series. So I, I think it, it gives them another little toy box to play around with, which is, uh, quite a nice idea um you know and i mean as predicted when the story went up there's loads of kind of people going oh they're milking this well yes of course they are uh the people sort of going on about oh this show's dying it's lost all its viewing figures well well it's a different show yes and no yes it has the main show has dropped quite dramatically from what it was is 17 million for the negan uh, reveal thing but mm-hmm. uh, and it's now down to about two million an episode but uh you've got to put that into the perspective of as i said before the fear and the main walking dead show are the top are two of the top three shows on AMC, and that's all that matters uh, in terms of live viewing. And they are huge drivers for the AMC Plus app, which is mm. an additional paid service for them. Yeah. And we don't know what the numbers are for AMC Plus. I mean, I doubt there are sort of 50 million people subscribed to AMC Plus, but um, there are going to be a few million more which are subscribed to that and those aren't included in the live viewing figures so whilst the live viewing figures might say two million there's a very good chance there could be another three million that are watching on the amc app Mm. so yeah plus it's a different show anyway well yes it is a different show anyway but you know it's all part of the same universe Mm -hmm. um but yeah that when people are sort of questioning well why are they expanding this it's a dying franchise that's why (laughs) if it was a a dying franchise you wouldn't be able to expand it exactly yeah and you know especially if you've already done it twice yeah and one of the one of the shows that you've you've expanded is about to start its seventh season yeah (laughs) and there's films on the way so yeah yeah. it's still very much alive and kicking Mm-hmm. Universe on AMC, so yeah, yeah. All right, I'm going to change the time code, and then we'll go into some housekeeping. See you in a minute. 
Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on on Entertainment Talk, uh, we did the Gaming Talk podcast. Yesterday we talked about uh, Rockstar confirming uh, two things, actually. One is that the GTA uh, Remastered Trilogy, sort of a trilogy, it's basically a selection of three games. Uh, GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas are all getting remasters for PC and console. Those are supposed to be launching in 2021 and they're supposed to be mobile versions. I don't know why you'd want to play GTA on your phone, but if you want to, you can. I explained on the podcast why that's a bad option and very awkward. Uh, but those are launching in 2022, uh, the, the mobile versions. Uh, they also kind of silently confirmed that Agent is dead and no longer in development, even though we've not had an update on the game for a long, long time. Uh, that was supposed to be a PS3 game called Agent. Uh, I don't remember if anything other than an initial screenshot got released. I never remember seeing a gameplay video or a trailer. Uh, The development on it just went quiet for a very, very long time, basically. And they uh, took it off their website as sort of like listed games and that kind of stuff. Uh, I also talked about Alex Scott. She's a female uh, football commentator and talked about her... um, a commentary role on FIFA 22 it's let's just say it's not a main commentary role it's unfortunately one that's a goal update thing in uh, that's isolated to a uh, career mode which is really quite disappointing but uh, I just talked about that as well and I also give my updated thoughts on Psychonauts 2 and other things I'm playing as well uh, me and Robert have concluded our uh, watch of uh, Superman and Lois, that's season 1, episode 15. Uh, it's been renewed for a second season, was a while ago, and that will probably be back, I'm guessing, next year. So, uh, that's for Superman and Lois. 
Uh, Ted Lasso's concluded its second season, that's season two, episode 12, uh, and that will be back for a third. And looks like it's going to be a final season, but the show was supposed to be a three-season arc. Um, but that was uh, pretty good for its second season. That's on Apple TV Plus if you'd like to watch that. Of course, very successful this year at the Emmys. At the Emmys, sorry. Uh, so there's that. Uh, we've got an updated podcast for the Flash. That's up to season seven, episode fifteen. Uh, so we've got those episodes. And another CW superheroes thing uh, for Legends of Tomorrow. This one is a podcast wrap up. Uh, somehow. As well, the seventh season, I think, is the next one that is starting in a couple of weeks on the CW, which yes. is a very, very, very quick turnaround. But uh, yeah, we decided to to wrap up the podcast for that, not because we're angry with the show or we hate it or anything. Uh, but you can listen to the podcast if you want to know more about that. I'm not going to uh, explain that here. But uh, that's for that thing. Uh, Walking Dead: World Beyond is back. We covered the season premiere last week. We'll be doing season two, episode two later on today. So look out for that. And of course, Fear the Walking Dead returns. I believe that's next week on uh, AMC. So you can look out for those podcasts as well. Um, and uh, did a list called Top Ten Favorite Black slash Person of Color Characters to celebrate, at least in the UK, uh, Black History Month. I think it's a different month in in the US. Um, I think it's like March or something, but I thought it was, it was still Black History Month in the UK, so I thought I'd still do an episode on it anyway. So there's that. Uh, I did two podcasts for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, one was talking about why the show's so special. That podcast is built for people that have and people that haven't seen the show, so check out the episode. Well, you can check it out regardless. And I also did uh, conclude my coverage for the second season of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. That's for season two, episode 13. Uh, and there's a Christmas film for that coming in, uh, well, obviously December for Christmas that they are currently shooting. So look out for that. Um, the showrunner, I can't remember his name. He said there should be a trailer coming soon-ish. Somebody asked him on Twitter and he said, can we finish filming it first? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> which is, uh, yeah, you're probably going to want to do that. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, look out for all that. Uh, that's on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us if you search for us on your favorite podcast platform. So, uh, Maggie, Negan, and Gabriel uh, lead a herd of walkers to Meridian while disguised among them in masks. Uh, well, they're, they're doing the... Uh, this is following on from the uh, cliffhanger thing from last episode. When the herd arrives, the lookouts at Meridian are confused by the herd's behaviour because, of course, they're humans and they're aware apart from, instead of being all zombies. Uh, which tells me that they're not aware of the Whisperers. I was kind of wondering that no. throughout this episode if they were aware of uh, the group... Uh, having never seen walkers act like that that way before, Pope asks Daryl if he's ever seen a group of walkers that are behaving that way, and Daryl says that he has, and suggests uh, leading them away. Uh, while Daryl is eager to do it himself, Pope in, instead uh, tasks Paul, who's a red shirt as far as we're concerned, uh, with yeah. luring the walkers away. Paul starts to lead the herd away from Meridian, but is ambushed by several sides. There's sort of just a bunch of hordes come up, and I think it was two of them that uh, crowded him uh, side by side with walkers and uh, is grabbed by uh, says here Maggie who is um, hiding among among them Uh, Paul falls to the ground and is killed and uh, Negan steals his radio so they can keep tabs on the whisperers uh, sorry on whisperers on the reapers uh, communication Um, yeah this kind of reminded me of the way that Jesus died which was he didn't Mm -hmm. expect you know a walker to stab you back which is yeah. something you wouldn't really expect and uh i think it's maggie yeah dodges him and uh stabs him in the stomach 
And then he kind of just gets overcrowded anyway. I I think regardless of Maggie's stab wound, he probably would have just got overcrowded and died. But yeah. um, so, yeah. I mean, I looked at that situation because one of the things that I like to observe from, from these shows is how is somebody going to get out of the situation? Obviously, he doesn't. But I was kind of looking around and sometimes it's fun to think, okay, if you were in this situation or if you're looking at the situation, what can a person do to get away? There isn't a whole lot of options here. But I suppose one thing he could have done is... I mean, you'd have to go left or right because you can't go forward or backwards because the two hordes are there. I guess you just have to just sprint off to the side into the woods. It, that's yeah. that's maybe what you'd have to do. Um, but this is what we kind of talked about last week. I think somebody asked us a question about different zombies or, or something like that. Um, this is where walkers are the most dangerous, which is when they get into big groups. It doesn't have to even be a group that's this big. Obviously, this group is like pretty massive. Um, when they get into groups like this and they corner you, that's when you know you're you're mostly in yeah. danger. Because if you're in quite an open space and there's three or four, you could probably run away from them. But mm -hmm. uh, this is when you get kind of caught out. So um, Paul dies. Boohoo. Uh, and but uh, <laughs> and uh, that's the uh, opening of the episode. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, I I like this opening. I mean, I the conversation of like, hey, have you ever seen Ed Walkers do that before? And I was like, well, ooh, yeah, I've seen them do that. But but he's going, oh yeah, I've seen them do that because there are people inside. It's like, oh yeah, no, I've seen them wander around like that. That's yeah, no, I can lead them away. You know, he's he's sort of you know, not revealing the fact that they're walking like that because they're being herded. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I thought this was all kind of interesting. I like the fact that they're utilising, I don't know whether they use this in the comic books at all, but the idea of using the Whisperer's tactics um, uh, because they were effective. I mean, as a way of kind of herding and moving walkers around, regardless of all the other you know crazy stuff that went on with the the whisperers one thing they did get right was how to herd the walkers you know i mm. mean they were they were good at it that was something they were very good at and the fact that they're using that tactic against one of their other enemies i really like that idea um and it's effective and it works i mean you know they they managed to sort of fool um the group uh you know pope and his gag because they like you say i don't think it knew with the whisperers and hadn't seen anything like that before so uh i mean but the, the thing i mean maybe they would they have known if they'd just seen a big herd of water because they might not have even known if there were whisperers amongst them you know so um yeah i mean i thought that was uh that was kind of interesting and yeah remind me of the jesus thing as well of of them sort of using those tactics that they used to, that was used against jesus to to kill him so yeah i i really like this opening and yeah we this poor guy who was some sort of red shirt that we don't really care about died so what you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh that's what red shirts are for so yeah um but it's, a, it's a pretty good opening i thought um so after that, a storm rages. Storm raged uh, through Alexandra, uh, necessitating the house in which everyone tends to uh, hold up, uh, being barricaded like it was auditioning to um, play a set in Night of the Living Dead. That's a great film, by the way. Re really, really <laughs> love that film. Have you seen that? Night of the Living Dead. I I can't remember. Yes, okay, I. It's, think it's the so. really really I've old one from some of them, but not. Yeah. 
So, uh, is that so, the Bruce Campbell one, or is that that I can't remember? No, I think it's uh, I've forgotten. It's George. Oh no, that's George, Evil George... Dead, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, after while they're doing that, shortly uh, Carol ventured out with Connie and Kelly to fortify the wall, uh, some of which was already blowing around like a napkin in the breeze, because <laughs> there's all these there's all these just bits and pieces of building that are flying everywhere, and Aaron and Magna. Uh, hustled over to the windmill to put out a fire. How it caught fire, we're not actually sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Rosita, Virgil, Lydia, and Judith would stay behind to try and keep the kids chill and the house standing. Easier said than done with um, uh, what the rotting uh, front door is uh, rat- rattling its hinges as loudly as Grace was shaking in her shoes. And then there's some bits after this. Uh, yes, it was a pretty good setup for. Um, Quite a good set piece. We're going to talk about in a minute with uh, with Rosita. Mm-hmm. Uh, any idea how the barn thing caught on fire? It's just like I, my guess would be uh, li- lightning strike. I would suggest um, okay. would not be uncommon for because you've got to bear in mind that windmill is probably the tallest thing around for quite a while. You know, for right. quite a large area. So, and the chances are there is some form of weather vane or metal on top of it so there is a a very good chance that if that's you know if it's got some sort of metal on top of it and it's not earth properly very good chance that that could get hit by lightning and and set it on fire if it's the largest thing around in the area you know and there is a big storm there's likely to, there's probably lightning well we heard thunder so there's definitely going to be lightning so i mean i yeah i i suspect that all it was i don't think there's anything nefarious going on there hmm yeah, um, yeah, that's possibly why, I suppose. I don't think it was anybody that actually set it on fire. Uh, but yeah, it was good with the storm and everything, and the houses rattling and stuff. It made a good kind of, like, horror element. Nothing on the level that we had of, like, in, in Connie's episode no. uh, a, a few weeks ago. But uh, a, a different kind of horror. Or, or, it, this is trying to do a sort of, instead of something's in the house with you, uh, that's, like haunting you and stuff and obviously uh or like uh, stalking you and everything and obviously had the thing with connie and she couldn't hear and that which added a whole element to it as well this is more sort of like there's danger outside there's probably walkers out there there's a storm it's really dangerous let's try and like just uh you know be, be safe in this house which is like by barricading it and things so yeah a, a, a different sort of type of horror but uh i liked what they did um, if my mouse would work properly, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to scr- uh, I try to scroll down sometimes with this thing, and it goes up. And it's, uh, I think I need a new mouse. But anyway, um, Aaron's daughter, um, so Gracie, uh, she managed to get herself uh, grabbed through a window by a walker, prompting Rosita to stalk outside and diminish the number of roaming uh, about. Uh, the ominous, ominous, sorry, uh, music cues, not to mention the kids' uh, eye view, of her fight uh, suggested that Gracie, sorry, Gabriel was about to become a single parent, but Rosita made it back inside, exhausted but intact, to deadpan. Um, let's stay away from the from the windows. Good, good tip, Rosita. Very, very good <laughs> <Yes>. tip. <laughs> uh, I want to just pause and talk about that. Uh, I love this scene with uh, Rosita. I think it was really, really good. Um, and she's just going out there, and it's like, and you're sort, I was sort of thinking like, wow, there is a lot of walkers out here, and. I was about 10% sure that she might die. I was 90% sure of like, okay, she's probably going to come back inside. But as they give you a bit of an obscure on purpose view of outside and they show sort of, okay, there is quite a few. 
Um, and I thought maybe she could get caught because Rosita is somebody that you could kill off, I think, and and kind of get away with it, and it would still be effective because there's a lot of characters that still care about her and that she's attached to, like Gabriel, and obviously she's got uh, is it Coco, her uh, her daughter. Mm-hmm. I think it's Coco. Um, you know, you got that kind of emotion tied in there, and obviously Gabriel and and everything like that. Plus, you know, Eugene's been friends with her for a very, very, very long time. Uh, but obviously, they decide not to go with that, which is I don't want Rosita to die. I'm just saying she possibly could have here as like a heroic sort of I'm gonna fight everything outside while you all stay inside safe. Um, I like what they do with the with the uh, school and the kids here with uh, Gracie. And especially with Judith, there's a particular camera focus on Judith. And I think this is kind of her being inspired by Judith. And if you look at the way that... Uh, sorry, being inspired by uh, inspired by uh, Rosita. And if you look at... It's that same type of melee combat. Like when she would watch her mum, Michonne, do that and everything with a katana. And obviously she learned that way. This is like somewhat similar in terms of the melee combat and things. Plus it's another sort of, you know... Uh, female like grown up female figure for her to sort of look at. I I definitely sort of got a lot from the way she was watching Rosita fight. Yeah, uh, I thought that was I thought that was done really really well. And we'll talk about another really good thing with uh Virgil here in a second. Uh, what do you think of the Rosita scene here? Yeah, I really liked seeing that. It, it did feel a bit like that was probably a a stand-in for the fact that Michonne isn't there. Um, Because that would very much have been a Michonne scene, I think, of Michonne going out and just kicking us. So it was nice that Rosita got to do that. And uh, that was great. You know, it's good. Yeah, because it's it's pretty decent, uh, you know, and and pretty likely that in that position, you know, the mother's going to protect their kids. And... Uh, you know, she went out and kicked us, and she was great in that. I thought that was a really, really good scene. But like I say, I think had Michonne been there, that would have been a Michonne scene. I, I, I find the the Alexandria is quite interesting because I, I, I'm utterly convinced that um, if Andrew Lincoln had still been there, I, I think Ross McQuan's stuff would have been half of that would have ended up being Andrew Lincoln. And I think mm. you're seeing with this, like if Michonne had still been there you'd end up with like um you know that that Rosita stuff probably would have been Michonne instead but uh you know it works I think yeah as yeah. it is mm. yeah it was really good and she's got that you know motherly kind of instinct as well she is actually mm-hmm. a mother um yeah. and she's trying to be kind of a protective person over the over the kids obviously because she's one of the adults here which which I was I know I've said this a bunch of times which is the stuff I like which is seeing these the, the next generation passing the torch thing of seeing these kids get inspired by what Virgil's saying to Judith in a second, what Rosita's doing, and the kids have clearly like picked up influence from it. And even later on, when we get the uh, scene with Gracie and she's trying to find a weapon, like that's not being done by accident. Um, that's the way she. I think Gracie says something like, "Oh, I wanted a weapon." Um, like what Rosita had, or she says something like that about fi- like finding a weapon, um, which I find all that really, really cool. So what I've wanted The Walking Dead to do for a long time, but they keep killing off the kids, so they haven't been able to quite do it so much. Um, but uh, I suppose Gracie and um, uh, Rosita are kind of the, the focuses of that, which is interesting that you mentioned what you said earlier, because if you look at it in the way that, like, okay, Aaron has kind of taken Rick's role, 
and Gracie is his adopted daughter. So you've got that kind of going on. And then uh, with uh, the Judith thing, I know it's a little bit like stranger with that because obviously Michonne was kind of the mother figure uh, and then she had to leave. So Rosita's kind of taken that role a little bit because we also saw, was it a few episodes ago, when her handprint thing with Carl got broken and Rosita was the one there talking to her. So she's kind of arguably taken that role. So you've got kind of like a double parent children thing sort of going on here, if you if you get what I mean. So uh and it's great, it's really cool. And it doesn't always have to be like the the parent figure that is inspiring the the young characters like that. And I mean hopefully I mean we've not got that much of the show left, we've only got sixteen episodes. I mean, you've got Herschel still in the show, and obviously you've actually got his his uh, biological mother in the show with Maggie, and then you've got what uh, RJ, um, who I guess could again still take that parent influence from the likes of Aaron and uh, Rosita. It just depends how much they're gonna do with that, and they seem to be doing it in bursts, like focusing on the kids for one episode and then leave them for a couple, and then focus on them again for another episode. Yeah. Uh that's probably some sort of scheduling thing I would I would guess with the with the kids. Um but I like what they're doing with them. It just I just have no idea where it's gonna go. And obviously we talked about that before. So a- any thoughts on the whole parent children thing that's going on? Uh no, I mean yeah, there there are there do seem to be quite a lot of kids around at the moment because we always talk about the fact that the kids always die off in this. I I, I do wonder whether this little cluster are going to actually survive through everything. And and you know whether we're going to manage to keep them together. I mean, they've got the closest to it. We've only got like you know two thirds of a season to get through for them to survive. And maybe they finally realise that it would actually be useful to have some young characters still alive at the end of this. So if they want to do a like you know ten year time jump at the end, you could actually kind of do something with those characters later on, possibly. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you put on your AMC brain for a minute and you think, okay, we own the rights to this franchise TV-wise, they're not going to sell it. Uh, and you would you would think that they would want to keep as many open options open as possible for as long as possible. Yeah, think, so, wouldn't so, you? Yeah. yeah, so that they could... Even if it's like, okay, we have these five ideas, we're airing these three shows, so once a couple of them ends... We can bring in two more and then kind of just keep keep cycling through that way. Which, as long as the shows are good, I'm I'm perfectly happy with them to to do that. Um, but that is one of the options. So um, it would be yeah, it would be a bit strange to me and and massively disappointing if they killed off all the kids like by the end. But then it's Walking Dead and they like killing <laughs> children. So um, yes. yeah, you you also got the other thing. Obviously, you got Lid, the Lydia Carroll relationship. Um, yeah. as well. Obviously, that's a slightly older one. She's supposed to be like what a teenager. So, um, how old would you say Lydia is? Like sixteen, seventeen, ish, eighteen, maybe. That. Uh, yeah, that sort of age, I would guess. Yeah, because I think Gracie and Judith are supposed to be what ten, twelve, thirteen, ish, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, ten. Yeah, ten, eleven, twelve, something like that. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, when everyone was forced to move upstairs in case the that rickety door didn't hold, uh, Judith got Virgil's assurance that Michonne was very much reflected in her every move. 
uh, went looking uh, for troublesome Gracie and the two of them ended up trapped in the basement on the floor uh, was a rising tide so that it was starting to get flooded outside the door there was a bunch of walkers um, yeah really interesting conversation with uh, Virgil and uh, Judith I didn't really expect Virgil to come up with the inspiring words or the sort of like that type of speech mm-hmm. um, but you know his injuries are fine so he, he's able to do that um but i i mean there's a certain amount of this that works and there's a certain amount of it that doesn't i get what virgil's trying to do and it's a it's a good idea that he's trying to do you know judith is scared she's still a young kid he's trying to reassure her that's really really good and obviously you know he met michonne for like a day or so so he knows a bit about her and does know kind of what Michonne's capable of. So he's trying to use that in order to reassure Judith of like, oh, you're kind of as strong as your mother, that sort of thing, which is really good. There's the other part of it that doesn't quite stick so much, which is that he's kind of acting like he knew Michonne for a really long time, which I know why he's, yeah. tra- I know why he's trying to do that, because again, he's trying to reassure Judith in a very scary situation for her. But I sort of looked at the way that Virgil was talking about Michonne. It's like, okay, you you, you kind of knew her and you had a bit of a, uh, let's call it, encounter with her. But you didn't, like, know her, know her. So it, it works to a certain level, but there's a certain part of it that was like, okay, sure. Uh, but what do you think of what he says to uh, Judith here? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, he didn't know her that well, but he is trying to reassure the kid and she doesn't know exactly how well he knew her mm-hmm. so i think he can I, I think he's he's not doing it for nefarious purposes he's doing it to try and reassure judith and i think that's an admirable thing so i yeah i think that was a perfectly you know those sort of little white like kind of things or exaggerating the truth in that situation i don't think is a huge problem mm-hmm. yeah there's a little question i have about this uh this other part here so they um Judith grabs hold of Gracie and says, like, hey, come down the basement or whatever. They lock the door, showing that they're, you know, pretty smart kids and stuff. I think that's where Gracie picks up a weapon. And she's like, hey, I wanted a weapon that was, like, yours. Or she says something like that. Uh, obviously, the floor's getting flooded and they're in a bit of danger. Cliffhanger. Where did Lydia go? Because Lydia was standing by the front door trying to hold it because I think it was Magna had to like run off and do something. I can't remember who it was. I think well, it was Magna. Yeah, it was a bit all over. The- Basically, um, <laughs> they were trying to get everybody upstairs. So yeah. I-, I think Lydia went upstairs. Maybe, um, because yeah. the- Lydia was trying to hold the door while everybody got upstairs. Yes. Then about to go upstairs uh, and realises that... Um, uh, Gracie is missing so goes looking for her discovers Gracie in the basement who said I wanted a weapon like yours so she kind of mm-hmm. breaks the mop and gives the mop and then they head back upstairs where they discover that Lydia presumably is assumed that everybody has already gone upstairs and has gone upstairs herself because she can't hold the door on her own um, presumes that everybody else is safe upstairs uh, not realizing that Judith had got that Gracie hadn't gone and Judith had gone looking for her, which leads to the zombies coming in and them getting cut off and are now trapped in a basement which is flooding um, with zombies at the door. So yeah, there was it, it will move quite quickly, but yes, that was what had happened. So I think I think Lydia had, had, you know, she was only holding the door 
and whilst everybody else tried to get upstairs and i think once she assumed that everybody was which was perfectly reasonable to assume that um hmm. then she went upstairs as well which okay. let everybody in because yeah. that door was never going to hold forever i mean they already said it was coming off the hinges anyway so yeah yeah okay fair enough that's yeah that's probably what happened so um but uh yeah that's kind of a cliffhanger that we leave on um, everybody's pretty much gone, and they are downstairs in the basement. I don't think that they die. The show wants well, to probably think that. But <laughs> no, and I mean, at some point, fairly quickly, you would hope that they realise the adults the, upstairs the realise yeah. that those two kids, that Gracie and and uh, yeah, Judith aren't there. So I, I think they realise pretty quickly, and then you're going to have a sort of battle of them having to fight through the zombies. Although the advantage they do have is um, you're, with the zombies now coming in, if they start to come up the stairs, you have got them pinned into a staircase, which should be fairly easy to kind of be able to to keep them down because you only need like say three people with big sticks at the top to you know poke holes mm-hmm. in their heads as they're trying to get up the stairs i mean i think that was the idea was you can manage it much easier that way but it does depend on how many zombies are coming through at that point and you know because you could if you end up with a hundred you're never gonna be able, you know they, they're gonna just pile up and then you're cut off from getting the kids out from downstairs and the basement is flooding. So it, it, there's going to be a time thing going on there. That's going to be sort of interesting scene to come back to, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gracie's also now the Morgan of this show because that's pretty much what Morgan uses is like a stick with a bit sharp yes. bit on the end. <laughs> I, I, I thought of that straight away So when uh, she, she picked that up. Because initially, like, initially I was like, what the hell is she going to do with the broomstick? And then I was like, oh yeah, of course she's going to break the, uh, the, the end of it off. Uh, so she's got a broomstick with a sharp bit and then a blunt bit on the other end. Judith's got her katana, hasn't she? I think mm-hmm. she, she used it slightly earlier in the episode. So, uh, yeah, that would be cool to uh, revisit. The one thing I hope the show doesn't do is just skip to, like, oh, no, they got out and they're fine. I do hope they kind of show, like, okay, the character's I, actually coming down and helping. And I think they will. Yeah. Because yeah. the way they've set that up, I mean, as I say, the basement is filling with water. I rather suspect that's going to be a race against time between uh you know the the kids being drowned by the fact that there is water coming in and them being able to get down to actually sort of rescue them i suspect that's probably what it's going to be mm-hmm. yeah uh in meridian pope was tipped off to the fact that the horde uh wasn't just a horde by the fact that the reaper he uh sent to lead them away uh never returned uh rotters didn't kill him the uh madman declared um she did it my enemy in other words maggie he keeps he does say that a lot in the episode like she did it i'm after her kind of thing yeah net never says uh says maggie um yeah i kind of like the way he does it like she did it my my enemy uh in other words maggie um they were impressed that she had weaponized walkers and apparently uh never having heard of uh, the Whisperers Pope wasn't fussed about the gates holding. Bombs between them and the Horde would uh, keep the Reapers safe, at least to a certain degree. Um, but what he didn't realise was that his foes were mixed in with the Walkers, and soon, thanks to Daryl dispatching a guard inside the compound as well. Yeah, there's a little scene with, uh, was it Gabriel and, and Maggie? And uh, Daryl's uh, met up with his smoking buddy. And uh, Daryl pretends to drop a match and then stabs him in the neck. 
yeah. and then gets rid of him. I thought that was uh, that was quite cool. Um, yeah, these these bombs outside the walls there they're quite good. I mean, this is more of a kind of like gore display sort of thing, I suppose, with just limbs kind of flying everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Not one of the more impressive parts of the episode. I thought the the uh, set piece at the house was a lot better than this. But uh, what do you think of these sort of exploding walkers and uh, what Daryl ends up doing here? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of um, I I like where they're kind of going with this because I mean we you know we, we've been underestimating this group ever since we first saw them because mm-hmm. we we kind of who are these people uh, they don't look like anything and then you know they, they've they've been underestimated right from the very beginning and it sort of makes sense I mean they're military people it makes sense that they would mine the outside of the the um area you know to keep walkers away and yeah well well keep anybody away i guess so it's sort of that all kind of makes sense with how they set set that up um it's i i was a little concerned at one point that this was going to get dragged out even longer but um you know i'm glad that we actually got some resolution to this and you know we got to see daryl kind of make his move because he obviously figured out what was going on um and the fact that it was them actually herding the walkers around and because I mean, remember there'd be no real discussion about the plan prior to this because that was something that Maggie and the group came up with last week. So it's sort of, I mean, Daryl had to kind of assume that it was them that were out there because I, I don't think he'd actually had any direct contact with them up until that point. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It 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 kind of works for what it does. I mean, the good thing about all this, uh, these scenes with Pope and everything, is that it gets rid of the character. Well, um, yes. But the, I mean, it's it's fine that Leah stayed around. I mean, like if Daryl had killed Leah or something, that would have been even better. But then obviously you wouldn't have have your firework uh, cliffhanger and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it gets the job done. It gets rid of Pope. I think uh, Carver was still around, wasn't he? Because he he's on the uh, roof after Daryl gets away. So, but I don't see Carver being like, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting now. Now that we've gotten rid of the, well, we haven't really gotten rid of the Reapers. We've gotten rid of Pope in the eight episodes. Yeah. But to see, uh, okay, is it going to be in another eight episodes of Leah and Carver? Because I don't think really Leah and Carver going after. Daryl and the group is as interesting as Pope um, no. w- with them, just because you haven't really got that sort of cult madman side of things. No, uh, and I, and I do think Leah as a character is a little bit more bland, so I I don't know how they're gonna kind of do that, but maybe that gets resolved a little bit uh, quicker. I, don't I know. yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure where we're gonna end up with this. I hope that what we're going to end up with is them resolving this within the first sort of episode or two episodes of the next season. And, you know, we may get to a point of they get the food of, of like, you know, Maggie's group gets the food, they get away, they go back to Alexandria um, and Leah and her group are left to kind of pick up the pieces. Um or it ends up with Maggie killing Leah, possibly. Hmm. But um, I don't know. 
I, I I do wonder if it ends up with Maggie getting the upper hand and Daryl stopping them from actually sort of killing them and they end up becoming sort of another group that is out there but slightly less deranged possibly hmm. um and and then we don't see them you know and then they a bit like sort of Oceanside that kind of pop up every so often but sort of disappeared essentially for most of the seasons yeah i'm kind of, i was kind of wondering yesterday when i was uh at my cleaning job and stuff i was thinking about um how much i've i'd read of this story of the comic book which it turns out i didn't need to read another like the next part of it because the show hadn't really gone that far past it um which is strange because now it's it's going to be interesting now because there's the rest of that book that i was still reading and there's either another one or another two i think there's two more books after and you've got 16 episodes left so you've now oddly ended up in a situation where you had a smallish amount of story in the comic books and a lot of episodes to tell that story even as far as like the end of season 10 was because uh, yeah. in terms of the actual comic storyline, we haven't moved that far forward, really. And you've now flipped the situation where there's a lot of comic story still left to kind of tell. And you don't want to rush it too much because it's the Commonwealth and it's quite interesting. And you've got 16 episodes left to do it. So the fact that you've still got some of this Reaper storyline left with Leah and Carver and whatever they're going to do there... Um, they need to kind of wrap that up relatively quickly, and then yeah. like like and then really start pressing on with the Commonwealth. And I think there's a part after the Commonwealth as well, which I don't know much about. And I think that's the actual last part of the uh, the story. So in terms of pacing, they got to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Um, but I, I mean, I mean, it depends. Like, because I still don't know how the book ends because I haven't got to that part yet, but. It's going to be interesting to see where the show wants to end as opposed to where the book ends. Um, yeah. But they've at least got to still do a fair bit of Commonwealth storyline. So um, I know you don't read the books and stuff, so you haven't got as much of like the reference. But what do you think in terms of how they're pacing things? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of it there is left. But my that's sort of my feeling. If there is quite a lot of the book left to get through with the commonwealth stuff i kind of think that maybe they are going to end up resolving this hopefully within the first you know couple of episodes when we get back um you know that clearly we've we've ended the episode with those arrows being fired at, at um, Negan and Maggie we've kind of got to assume that Negan and Maggie are going to be okay out of that um, and that maybe spurs Maggie to go and try and take out Leah and then there is some resolution to that whether it is you know Maggie killing Leah or whether it's Leah being told to sort of you know go away and not darken our doorstep again you know and and whatever that ends up being i would i would presume that maggie and the group come out on top on that hmm. um because like you say i think it it would be weird for it to continue with leah suddenly taking over the role of pope and just relentlessly pursuing these you know the the Alexandrians w would seem really odd. 
So I don't see that happening. You know, her reaction of kind of grassing up, uh, grassing on Daryl seemed to be more being pissed at him for the fact that he lied to her um, than than her suddenly wanting huge amounts of like psychotic revenge or anything. So I, I think probably where you're ending going to end up is with that group either completely gone or sort of quelled to the point where she is, where, where Leo is kind of goes, okay, fair enough. And just sort of walks away with the group and agrees to take them off in a different direction or something. Um, so I think this is probably going to get resolved fairly early, early on, and then you can get back into the comic book stuff of, of dealing more with the Commonwealth and bringing the Alexandrians and the Commonwealth together in some way. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, as Leah tried not to facepalm over Pope's babble, he's basically spurting off the usual nonsense that he does. Uh, he called for it, uh, he called for um, the Watch It, which looked for all the world like a massive fireworks launcher. Alone with his ex, um, sort of ex, I suppose, uh, Daryl confessed that his people were among the walkers and invited her to run away with him. Uh, just would she please stop um, Pope and not let his family be uh, bottle rocketed to death? Uh, before Pope could start um, turning Maggie's... Uh, Sorry, before Pope could start turning, um, could start turning? Yeah, so I guess that's when, uh, she, uh, killed Pope at that point. Maggie, uh, drove a truck through the front gates so as to let the horde in. I quite like the way they did that, actually. Uh, change of plans, she, um, change of plans, she, Pope, aim at the courtyard, even with our people there. Uh, asked Leah, um, August, God will protect them. Um, he replied, finally, uh, Daryl drew his knives on Pope and Leah stabbed her leader in the neck. Uh, but he forgot, uh, that what mattered was people, she told Daryl, and her people, just like he would, she would do anything to protect her people. So it brings up all this, like, family stuff, and she decides mm-hmm. that Daryl isn't her family, basically. Um... I kind of like the sneaky way that Pope is taken out. I mean, you look at him as this kind of arguably quite threatening leader. You know, you wouldn't want to kind of get caught by him, especially with the religious cult side that's that's attached to him. Um, and like, I, I like the way that Daryl... He, he draws out both of his knives, which reminds me of the way he uh, killed Beta in the end. He sort of snuck yeah. up on him and, and stuck his, his knives in his eyes and everything. But then it's actually Leah that just sort of sneaks up behind Pope and stabs him in the neck. And as soon as that blade's gone in, you know it's 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 over for him. Especially considering how big that knife was. Uh, yeah, and then she does sort of put him down later, like stabs him from behind the yeah. neck. Um, yeah, what do you think of Pope's actual death here? Uh, yeah, I think that was the way to do it. I think it, it works better than... Um, having Daryl do it uh, directly. You know, I, I think it, it works better with Leah actually doing it. Um, yeah, I'm, that sort of makes more sense for her character, you know, because, and you know, Daryl's protecting his people and, you know, Leah's protecting hers and realises what a threat 
that that Pope has become, and he's kind of completely lost it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think of Maggie's plan here? What she does is pretty good with the the driving the truck through the gates and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I think that was that was all good. You know, uh, that I think was probably part of the original plan was to sort of you know drive the truck through the gate and. and get in that way i suspect that was you know they needed some sort of distraction and the zombies themselves were were more of a sort of uh you know on the fly thought but i think the actual driving the the truck through the gate was probably part of the original idea Mm -hmm. yeah it uh it worked quite well so um i think with the whole pope thing it is a case where okay we knew he was probably gonna die in this episode it was just a case of when and how how i think like who was actually going to kill him how was he going to die was he going to get into some kind of like actual fight with one of the characters but no it was kind of a sneak attack um i think the thing that makes that cool as well is he probably didn't expect leah to do that (laughs) so he probably because he's always looked at daryl as a threat didn't he and then as soon as the knives come out she kind of sneaks up on him which was uh which was quite good um did you want more of a fight from Pope or are you kind of happy with the, the way No, I, I think it's appropriate that, you know, because he was all kind of, you know, sending people out and like words and bluster. I think it, if had he put up some major big fight, I think that would have seemed a bit weird. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's quite appropriate that he gets stabbed by one of his lieutenants. I think that works really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she would do anything to protect her people except kill Daryl. It seemed instead of that, Leah walkie-talkied that Pope was dead and Daryl, one of the enemy, um, well, she said that like he's he was the one that did it, and let uh, Daryl slip away. And that's the end of Daryl for the episode at the moment. Uh, at the same time, Negan and co. were uh, flummoxed by the fact that the Reapers were retreating. Uh, why would they do that? Oh shit, Leah was going to launch all the fireworks after all. Would it be yeah. death by Roman Candle for Negan and Maggie? <laughs> Find out in February. Uh, and then it says, where was Dog through all of this? I have no idea. So, <laughs> yeah. Dog is uh, off screen somewhere uh, doing something. I don't know. Um, it would have been a little bit, it would have been quite awkward to do any of these scenes kind of with Dog in the mix. Yeah. Um, and dog would have probably ended up dying, I think, as well, because Pope would have probably killed the dog. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I mean, yeah, you uh, children you can kill off with wild abandon. Uh, animals, it's a bit more tricky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people get very upset. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, this this cliffhanger was a weird one. Um. Negan and Maggie kind of strolling along. Negan still kind of got his whisper mask on. Um, what kind of, like, I don't know, was interesting was Leah standing next to this big, massive firework thing. She's lighting it, and Maggie is kind of just staring at Leah while this thing is about to go off. And I just remember thinking, like, okay, are either of you going to move or do something but i i get what they were going for which is this sort of dramatic pause oh no they're about to die kind of thing um it wasn't the worst cliffhanger the walking dead's done that's still the season six finale cliffhanger it's going to be tough to to, to beat that anyway um but i I suppose the show wants us to think that they're in peril or, or or something like that and we know they're probably going to be fine 
Yeah, uh, I, I think, I mean, they've done these sort of cliffhangers before. I mean, the um, the the one with them stuck in the train carriage at um, Terminus mm-hmm. was was this sort of cliffhanger where, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's certainly not up there with the Negan level thing, you know. I mean, yes, they've got arrows flying towards them, but, and they're in peril. But it's not like, I mean, you kind of assume that those characters are probably going to be okay. It's not like you're going to suddenly cut back to the episode when it comes in in February and Maggie's going to end up with an arrow through the head and that'll be it. You know, that that would seem like very, a very weird, or, or Negan, you know, that would seem like a very weird way to just murder that character. So you kind of got to assume that they are at least going to be okay and going to survive that attack. Mm. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, I don't think that's a huge cliffhanger to end it on because of who the characters are. Um, you know, I, the thing, the, the Negan thing works so well is because people knew who was probably going to die in that, but it was, they really played up with the, who's going to die thing. Um, yeah, you know, that was a more of a sort of whodunit, kind of thing whereas this time uh, yeah it's yes it is a cliffhanger but i think it's a it's one that you can be fairly sure they're probably going to be okay Mm. yeah there's also speaking of injuries and things there's also a part where elijah's walking through that minefield and it gets like a bit of shrapnel in his leg or something so well i guess he'll be all right he didn't seem to really be in like loads of pain from it uh, I don't know if you did. You notice that? At yeah, all? no, I noticed that as well. Yeah. So, but uh, that's the end of the episode. The fireworks come out and the credits pop straight up. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll see what goes on. Uh, that's the end of the episode. That's end of eleven A, and then the show will be back in was it February something? E- end of February. Uh, so we'll be back for that part. But uh, it, just before we end the episode, we do have some feedback and stuff. Uh, if you'd like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got, you can either send them to Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. You can contact us on Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, if you look in your show notes and you find the email name, you can simply click on that and that should take you straight over to an email app where you can just send us an email that way so that you don't have to type the email in. It's up to you, but that's just a uh, a little tip there as well. Tony says, uh, so The Walking Dead... Uh, pulls yet another cliffhanger it's tiring and silly but hey the show can't do it many more times in the final season uh kind of uh understand him a little bit here and he's also right that yes you can't do it too many more times um i wonder if tony's seen lost because lost lived (laughs) off of cliffhangers yeah almost every single episode was a cliffhanger but it they're always the same type roughly of cliffhanger i don't remember too many lost cliffhangers where it was sort of this person's in immediate peril will they survive it was more sort of somebody said something really strange or somebody's done something really strange and then you know the the lost uh title thing would come up um more like that and that was more you could handle that a bit more but it that was more of like a traditional tv sort of we've got 23 weeks we can do loads of these and like tune back in next week to see what happens from the weird thing the character sort of said uh whereas the walking dead's done different type of cliffhangers as well um but no they can't really do it that many more times i suppose um 
So yeah, but uh, what what do you think of I don't know Walking Dead doing another cliffhanger and that sort of I, thing? As I say, cliffhangers it, it depends. I cliffhangers are of TV for years. Um, I, I mean, if the, the, as I said with the Negan thing, the Negan thing was a particularly special case, um, and it frustrated a lot of people. But I mean, it worked because the average viewing figures for that show up at that point were 13, 14 million. And that particular return episode got like 17 million. So there were people tuning into that, that I don't think has ever seen the show before. So it, it worked, you know, that's why they did it. And they're not uncommon. Like you say, lost lived on cliffhangers, the amount of shows. I mean, if you look at the traditional um, doctor who, like the original series before Russell T Davies revived it, that, I mean, pretty much every single episode of that ended on a cliffhanger. It's, it's a very common TV trope. So I, I mean, yeah, I've, this is fine. I have no issue with them doing cliffhangers. It just, how they handle it and i think with this particular one yeah it's it is a bit of a cliffhanger but you know you kind of also got to assume that those characters are probably okay because like i say if you if you returned and like the literally cut back to that moment and the next shot is maggie with an arrow in her head i think that would be very strange Mm. but i don't think they're going to do that i think you know we're going to end up with like you know madness and chaos and then i suspect that they're going to get out of it but um yeah, you know, it depends how you handle the cliffhangers, and I think this one's perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. If you do something where you end every episode with somebody like about to get shot or stabbed or pushed off of something, that's like a really bad way to do cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're doing that almost every episode, just just in a term of like, oh, will the character survive? Are they going to get killed? Then yeah, but I, I don't. I don't is... it, it depends. It dep- obviously it depends on season length, the structure of how a season's done. Well, it depends on, depends on the type of show as well. Like I say, yeah, the, yeah. the original Doctor Who used to do that. Batman 66, the original Batman series, was notorious for doing that. So, you know, it does depend on what the show is and what you're going for. I think doing this at the end of a, you know, mid-season finale, um, it's coming back in a few months. And I, yeah, you know, it, it might draw a few more people in, but I don't think it will. I think, uh, I, I don't think you're losing a huge amount by putting a cliffhanger in there. And it, it, you know, it might generate some interest, but I don't think that you're going to be suddenly murdering like Negan and Maggie in the first few seconds of the next season. So, mm. yeah. Uh, Becky says, uh, we saw the kids again in the episode. Let's put the spin-off idea to one side and ask what's going to happen to them by the end of the series. I don't know is no, a no. bad answer, but um, that is my answer because I still have this kind of... It's a, more of a TV fear than an actual fear, but I I continue to have this idea of like one of the worst ways a show could end, which is that you put everybody into one community whether it's going to be the commonwealth or somewhere else probably the commonwealth because alexandria is literally falling apart um you do that you put all the characters into one place you do one big last sort of everyone's happy and settled kind of thing Mm -hmm. 
and then Daryl gets onto a motorbike, Carol gets on the back, and then they drive off and the camera follows them off, and then they, I don't know, you, you follow them off into the distance somewhere, and then you know that that leads into the Daryl Carol spin-off. I think that that's, if they do that, that's going to really quite annoy me. And we're not going to know the answer until end of October. No, end of next year, I think. Because they'll have... I'm guessing 11C will be October and 11B will be in in February. So we won't know how that's going to happen for a long time. But yeah, the the, the idea of us following Daryl and Carol like away somewhere else and leaving whoever's left alive by the end of the series in a sort of community that would annoy me but i think that's almost what they're gonna do um because i i can't imagine the series won't set up some sort of hey carol and daryl have decided to leave the group for such and such reason and now we're gonna follow them for whatever that reason is um so i i don't know but how how do you kind of see the series ending with the kids or whatever yeah, I as I said earlier, kinda do wonder whether they've realised that killing all the young characters off is probably a good idea. Uh, or probably not a good idea. And and they are wanting to keep at least some of them around. Um I don't know. I, I, I think there is potential for using them further down the line if they want to and i think it would be a mistake to suddenly murder them all um maybe they don't all make it through but you kind of got to assume that herschel will probably get through because they're going to want to have some sort of reunion i would have thought with michonne so i would suspect herschel be fine i would suspect judith be fine gracie mm, she's showing signs of kind of wanting to learn to fight which is good but also potentially he's gonna get it killed so whether gracie makes it out i don't know um and the other kids are a bit kind of red shirty right now so we'll we'll don't know i mean i think the only two that are definitely gonna be okay are probably judith and herschel but hmm. um and maybe uh rj but yeah, yeah because you're gonna want for the same reasons that you're gonna want a reunion thing hmm. yeah so we shall see. And then lastly, Ian says, I read uh, I read there is a Negan spin-off called Negan Lives taking place after The Walking Dead comic. I'm not going to consider this as a spoiler for the show because we don't necessarily know if Negan will actually live. So we haven't actually gotten to that part yet. So uh, but yeah, there's a comic book called uh, Negan Lives takes place after The Walking Dead comic. Matt, do you know about uh, what this is or how The Walking Dead could use it? Uh, no, I've not read that. But it wouldn't make sense for me to read that now, given that I haven't finished the the main book, because I think it's supposed to be like a sequel of sorts. Uh, But again, they might not do that. They might kill Negan before the end of the season, and Mm -hmm. then you can't follow that that book. Um, But no, I don't know much about that. I think it's following Negan on his own or something. Um, But I, I know there was an idea floated a long time ago of an Old Man Cole comic book. I think somebody did like a mock up of an issue one for it but that's mm-hmm. uh, that that never sort of happened uh, there's also another comic book what was it called i think it was called walking dead alien or something really weird like that and it was about rick's brother um oh. in the who's not ever been mentioned on the show or anything uh, i can't remember his brother i it came, this came out like two three years ago maybe um 
and there was speculation since then as to whether his brother would join the show or what would kind of happen with that. And again, if they want to keep doing more spin-offs, which I think AMC will very much want to do because it will mean money, and I think that they like money. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's lots of different ideas that you can do. You can either do it because you can do Negan before and after thing because you can you can take it from the end of the here's Negan episode leading up to him meeting his group or whatever you want to do and yeah if Negan survives the series you could do like a Negan lives thing yeah uh, and these are all things that are based off of comic books that have been made so you could you could do some of them um would you want something like that uh, one that follows Negan after the series because I know the one we've well... talked about is Negan before but what about after yeah, I mean, again, this is something that you could probably use the um, Walking Dead stories uh, or whatever it was called, Tales from the Walking Dead. Yeah. It's maybe something that you could use in there. Same with, uh, it's called uh, The Walking Dead, The Alien, that uh, spin-off. It's set in Barcelona in Spain. Um, written by Brian K. Vaughan, actually, and not... not um, Robert yeah, Kurtman, yeah. Not, not Kurtman. Um, yeah, right. Um, Brian K. Vaughan's the guy behind uh, Why the Last Man Runaway's whole saga, which is, I mean, saga is an immense comic book if you've ever read that. So the, he's he's a fantastic writer. So that looks kind of interesting. Um, I, and again, it was a a sort of one shot that was, you know, thirty two pages. So that that's possibly another one that you can end up with tales in Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, mm. You know, I mean, there are things that you could use. You know, there are various one-shot comics that you could use as as sort of basis for for those. Whether they make full series, I mean, that's the other thing with Tales as well, is there are certain things that if they get really strong reactions to certain episodes in that, there is a very good chance that they will pick that character up and develop them into series as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like these so, little anthology ideas that we're getting because we've got like the Marvel's What If thing, we've got uh, American mm-hmm. Horror Stories, which I've enjoyed so far. I've not seen today's episode yeah. yet, but uh, that's been quite good. Uh, you've also got other things which are a bit different, like Inside Number Nine is very good at doing that. Um, so because it doesn't always have to be anthology for the season, like the the main American Horror Story does. Uh, but that's the, that's the quite because Walking Dead can be quite a flexible IP as well. Um, in terms of you can just go and do Wellsworld things, but set them within the same, uh, you, you know, with the same rules and everything. So um, you can kind of do whatever you want with that. Plus, yeah. the interesting thing with the um, Tales Walking Dead thing, you could like kill off your leads and not have to awkwardly replace them, <laughs> like yeah. they kind of have done in the show. So uh, it's uh, it should be quite good. But yeah, there's there's lots and lots of options and. As I said, I'm sure AMC is happy with the more options, the better, because it means they can make more shows. So, yeah. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, also, it's interesting with the because the tales is at least for the first season, six episodes. It's not as much of a commitment as sort of the 16 episodes of this show, or what, what do we get for fear? Like 16 episodes of that, and then 10 yeah. for well beyond. You could do something a little bit smaller as well. So, yeah, all, all these different ideas can maybe fit into different areas of uh not just that show but uh other things in the future so yeah that could be good 
And that's what we've got for you this episode of the Walking Dead UK podcast. Uh, we will be back later for Well Beyond and then next week for Fear the Walking Dead. That should be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it for this half season or this portion of the season. We'll be back in February. I think it's late February for the return of Walking Dead. Uh, so we'll be back for that. And then uh, I'm guessing we'll probably will cover Tales of the Walking Dead as well. But obviously somebody in the UK has got to kind of pick that up first. So uh, hurry up whoever wants to do that because <laughs> uh, yeah. sometimes those things could take a while but uh, we'll uh, see what happens with all those things in the meantime we do have lots of other content on Entertainment Talk uh, if you want to check it out you can go to entertainmenttalk.org you can also search for us on your favourite podcast platform uh, TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast uh, Manchester United returned by the way on Saturday against Leicester and then it's pretty much back to normal for uh, football for all that so check out those as well if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk you can either listen to more episodes that we've got i've already told you where you can find them uh, so check out more of those if you'd like to you can also tell other people who you know uh, about what we do and where they can find it either just tell them word of mouth social media that kind of stuff just uh spread the word about the content and people can uh have a look at it as well uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast, review options, take a look at that as well if you would like to. Uh, for your TV and your film news, if you'd like updates about all the Walking Dead things that are happening, or just your general TV and film news, David runs Geektown, that's geektown.co.uk, and if you want that in weekly podcast format, that's Geektown Radio, that's both on the website and on your favourite podcast platform of choice. Uh, new episodes on Tuesdays, so look out for yesterday's episode as well which i'll be listening to uh shortly as well so take a look out for all of that uh bex who's very very busy over on twitch at the moment doing all sorts of cool stuff you can find her on there trista bytes trista b-y-t-e-s over on twitch go and give her a follow over there you can also find me on twitch as well streaming different video games uh etalk uk over there for those and if you miss any of the streams you can find them later on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks for listening we'll see you later for walking dead world beyond and next time Goodbye. Bye.